Hi, I'm Amanda McDonald from Launchpad Reading and you're listening to The Real Reading Podcast. Hello! Hello. I'm Hugh Fort. I'm Jenny Slevin. And I'm Tom Canning. And welcome to episode four of The Real Reading Podcast. We're recording this on Monday the 5th of February and our guest is Amanda from Launchpad Reading talking about next week's pancake race which we're all really really excited about but I'm not sure we're into it. No, I don't think we have a team. No. We don't have anyone qualified to (laughs) flip a pancake on our team. (laughs) Um, If you want to get involved in the show you can follow and write to us on Twitter at Real Reading Pod. You can look us up on Facebook by searching Real Reading Podcast and if you're able please leave us a review on iTunes preferably a good review that would be really really helpful. Five stars. Five stars. Hugh? At least five stars. Um, As well as the interview with Launchpad this week, uh, we've got all the usual features, including what we've liked this week, and Fort Explains It All, which is a doozy, which I think I've said before, but it is. (laughs) It is is indeed. This is... uh, We're talking about the East Reading Mass Rapid Transit uh, plan, which is a a bit more controversial and interesting than the name suggests. (laughs) Um, you may have also noticed there was a third member in our intro there. Um, Jenny Slevin, we have decided to make a permanent member of the team after feedback from at least five people saying she was the best thing about last week's podcast. So rather than look a gift horse in the mouth, um, hey Jenny, welcome Hi. to the team. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here again. And um, just for those of you that didn't want me here, you just didn't shout loudly enough. So sorry, you've stuck was, with me now. It was a pretty solid 100% vote. Not from us. But... <laughs> no. I think he would rather I wasn't here. He'd like some time away from me. He <laughs> well, can't have everything. We can't always get what we want. It, it is true. But in the interests of equality, then then it's good to have you. Cool, steady on. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds so sincere. He, he is. <laughs> okay. Edit that bit out. Um, maybe. Um, before we get into the features, though, uh, some feedback. So, feedback time. Um, Green runs. This was uh, something that Hugh brought to the table last week. Uh, Remind us, Hugh. A green run is when you are driving your car and you come off the IDR, round the Castle Hill roundabout, up to the lights in Castle Hill and through in one go without stopping your car. Or or taking a breath, apparently. (laughs) (laughs) I have my own personal little bit of feedback. Well, I say personal. It came from my dad who said, Hugh sounds like he needs to get out more. That was what he said about the green run. I I think that's true. (laughs) I, I, I'll offer your dad the chance to sit with me and we can drive round and round and round Reading and see if we can get a green run and then, and then he can realise the true joy that his life is clearly lacking. <laughs> okay. So, uh, on to green runs. Uh, Peter Bowyer said on our Facebook page, yeah, green runs. Castle Hill roundabout to Cemetery Junction, 6am, can be done, a whole day of smugness in shoes. The reverse journey along London Road at 6pm, however, definitely can't be done. Correct. Thank you. Um, Graham Hoskin on our Facebook page. Um, this is sort of disguised uh, positivity, um, disguised praise for us. Uh, really enjoying the new podcast, by the way. That bit's not disguised. He's clearly enjoying himself. Um, particularly the, how can I put this, unpolished style. Um, which, I th- as I say, I spoke back to him and he said it was meant as a compliment. It's informal, isn't it? Yes. There's yeah. no ways and graces here. We're just no. three chums having a great time. Yeah, exactly. Enjoying Absolutely. Ourselves. I also believe that Graham Hoskin is a councillor on Reading Borough Council as oh, is well. He? So okay. um, if, we, if he'd rather we talked in council language, I'm sure it can be arranged. <laughs> Are we being rude to councillors now? 
Not at all. No. We wouldn't be rooted councillors. No, but we can have a significant implementation of our capital resource to try and make our podcast more interesting. <laughs> <laughs> okay, on to what we've liked this week. This week, this is where we look back over the last seven days at things that have been great in Reading, um, things that have caught our eye. Um, and Jenny, you've got um, quite an important one, I believe. So, uh, it, as is our tradition now, ladies first. Thank you. Um, what I've liked this week is that it has been the centenary of the Representation of the People Act um, when some women first got the vote in the UK. It happened on the 6th of February 1918. Um, and we are celebrating it this year. We wrote an article that went up at the weekend about Phoebe Cusden, who was Reading Council's... It wasn't Reading Borough Council at the time. I don't know what it was what it was known, of, known as, as the t- at the time. Um, but she was Reading's first mayor um, in 1946. And uh, she did a lot of work kind of fighting for equality for women in Reading. Um, and she was a fantastic person. So if you get a chance, definitely have a look at the article we've written about Phoebe Cusden. Um, Reading Borough Council has announced a kind of series of events that it's holding in celebration of the centenary anniversary. It's called Vote 100 Reading, um, and you can find them on Twitter and Facebook, Vote 100 RDG. A couple of the events are happening, unfortunately, after we've recorded this podcast, but before it will go out, so I won't mention those. But on Tuesday the 13th of February at 7pm, Battle Library in Oxford Road will be hosting a screening of a panel that's happening at the British Library, and that includes Helen Pankhurst, who is Emmeline Pankhurst's great-great-granddaughter. Vote 100 Reading has also released a list of library books that are available that have everything to do with the suffragettes and the representation of the People Act. Um, and there are a couple of other little bits going on. So if you have a look at the Vote 100 Reading website and the Facebook page and the Twitter page, you'll see lots of events that are happening in Reading to celebrate this momentous occasion. Great. Well, I'll tell you what we'll do. If we pull, a, pull together a post on our own social channels and we'll put the links in there. Absolutely. Um, and we'll pin those to the top so everybody can see them. Um, I remember, I did read this, this article. There was a big list of things she was famous for or what she'd achieved in Reading, Jenny, wasn't there? Um, was there anything that stood out specifically? The majority of the stuff that Phoebe Custon did uh, was following the Second World War when she did a, she, she built a lot of bridges between Reading and Dusseldorf who um, okay. we're twinned with. So uh, she she formed the, the she she forged the links there. Um, she took in children who were from Dusseldorf. She she went over there to see how they were living after the war um, and found some children that were living in a horrible state. So brought them over to Reading to live here. Um, that was six children. They lived here for three months. Um, she set up the Reading Dusseldorf Association, which is still functioning today. Um, and she she was she was really good at promoting that kind of connection between yeah. England and Germany following the war, just trying to build bridges. She was a well-known pacifist. Um, she was made an MBE in 1951, and she was also involved in the creation of Progress Theatre, which is based in the Mountain Reading. Oh, wow. They're the theatre group that do the outdoor Shakespeare on the on the Thames during the summer, and they do lots of fantastic shows um, at, at its little theatre in the Mount. Um, 
so yeah, that's that, that's what she did in Reading. She was a fantastic person. There was actually a blue plaque put up for her recently in Castle Street, which was her former home. So yeah, just obviously we will have missed the anniversary of of the uh, of women getting the vote when this goes out. But I just think it's really important to to recognise Phoebe Custons. <coughs> role in that and, and the work that she did for women and for just making Reading a, a fantastic place. Excellent. Thank you, Jenny. I dare say she may have got a bridge built from Oxford as well by this by this point. Yeah, <laughs> you'd like maybe. She got a lot of things done, so you never know. <laughs> <laughs> um, Hugh, this is uh, something I've quite liked. I'm hoping the combination is it's going to be something I really like. Um, it, this is the Art Project, which is a, uh, a homeless charity in Reading, which I believe was formed last year. It's relatively new. Um, the, it's got a bus called Lenny, which uh, is named after Lenny the Tramp, who older residents of Reading will definitely will have remembered. He used to live under the Cow Lane Bridge, which is now controversial because, <laughs> because of the traffic problems it's causing around the town. Um, the, the charity was... The bus, which has 13 homeless people living on it, was at Rivermead Leisure Complex in uh, Richfield Avenue. Um, But it's had to leave there, and it's now essentially occupying whatever spaces it can find, driving around. um, And as the chief executive, Michael Long, says, driving around, finding places, which we stay at until we get kicked off. Um, It very much needs a permanent home, and it looked at one stage... A few a few weeks ago, that it was going to have to close. Um, now they found someone. Um, his name's Richard McCarthy, and he is head of McCarthy Properties, a good man to know and to be supported by. And he's is willing to buy um, a patch of land where the bus can live. Essentially, um, haven't identified anywhere as of yet, um, but they're hoping to. So if there's anyone out there with a not very necessarily very large. Um, bit of land uh, Michael says um, a quarter of an acre uh, would do to somewhere enough big enough to fit a bus and for people to have a bit of a wander around outside the bus I guess would all would be all he needs um, to, to come forward um, as, as we know there's not a great deal of land around Reading so um, if there is any or um, then by all means come forward and um, Mr McCarthy is willing to buy it so you can you can make some cash um, and you can do do your bit for charity and the homeless people of Reading. Um, it's a uh, it's a great little charity from what we've what I've seen of it. Uh, Mr. Long is certainly a character. He's a uh, openly talks about his background as a career criminal. And um, last uh, recently, I don't quite know when, but he he found God and decided to focus effort, focus his efforts on helping the homeless and uh, drug users of Reading rather than uh, rather than crime. So it's a very, very kind of inspirational tale of how you can turn your life around from from these um issues that people have and now the charity has hit a bit of a stumbling block but we all hope with the involvement of mr mccarthy um they can find they can find somewhere to continue to operate the charity which is uh doing a good thing for the homeless people in Reading. i've seen it at rivermead a couple of times and it's uh, it's a shame that they i mean that, there's car parks there there's plenty of space there it seems a shame that it can't even just stay there for a while do we know why? There were complaints about it 
um, from some of the other businesses near there. I think okay. that, that's that's all I know. But yeah, they've, they've had to leave essentially, and they've got nowhere to go. So they're they're um, wondering if there are any landowners out there. Then come forward. I'm sure there will be lots of support for that, won't there? Because well, you'd hope that there will be because the bus itself has had so much support, and and uh, Michael has has just had. You know, people have really gotten behind him, um, and like you say, it is a, a great story of how someone can turn their life around um, and and turn it around to actually help people that need it the most. Yeah, so it's a really, really good story. I, it, I, as I say, I have seen seen the bus. It's, it's quite well sponsored as well. There's, there's lots of businesses backing it, which is yeah. Which is I think select brilliant. car leasing yes. is involved, um, and and uh, yeah, hope, hopefully, as Hugh says, someone will come forward with some land and. And allow them to to take up a spot on that land, so that they don't have to yeah. constantly move around. Okay, thank you, Hugh. Um, my one this week, uh, I, Hugh, you and I uh, went down to the food market. Now, Jenny, this was the Chow Food Market on Friday. Friday. Chow Friday Food Market, Chow. not to be mistaken with the Blue Collar Wednesday Food Market, which is equally as good. Um, but we ended up going down on Friday because we were a bit hungry, didn't we, Hugh? And um, so we went down there and. It was obviously it's a marketplace and it's open lunchtime. Um, I'm not quite sure of the times, um, but it was it was just brilliant. We got in there and there was so much choice. I think we stood for about 15 minutes going. Um, yes, there was some pathetic dithering. Yes, <laughs> I'd say <laughs> Olympic standard yes. dithering. I wanted want something from every store. Yes, um, it's very hard to decide once you get there and you can smell everything. Yes. I think the easiest way to make a decision is to look for the shortest queue. That's what yeah. I tend to do. What was the one with the huge queue? I can't remember what that was. It was absolutely enormous queue. The jerk chicken usually has yeah, a massive yeah. queue. Yeah, it yes, jerk, it was the jerk chicken. Jerk yes. chicken yeah. We went for spicy chicken in the end, and that was absolutely, absolutely delicious. Um, I just wrote down there was spicy chicken, Scandinavian, Greek, Yorkshire pudding wraps, uh, fish fingers, fish finger burgers, Lebanese, vegetarian, and German sausages amongst many many others yeah um, I had something that you haven't mentioned then actually oh, because on. I sent you two off there I recommended you to go for lunch and then you came back and I was so jealous I went there myself <laughs> so I had a boar burger ah, with, a, yes. with grilled onions oh it was good a little that bit of cheese it, it was it was absolutely amazing the smells were just oh incredible yeah it's got a really good vibe about it hasn't yeah it, as well it's really it's a really good thing to have on you know Friday lunchtime yeah a fun bit of you've been eating boring sandwiches or yeah. in the <laughs> Then you can go out and. I have been to the Wednesday one. On a, on a wrap. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yes, price, price aside, it is a little bit pricey. It's not something you can afford to do every day, but no, it's a treat. Certainly worth it for a treat. And the, I think the Wednesday one is is just as good and well worth a visit as well. Um, so that was what I like this week, and I'm just it's very basic food orientated. So <laughs> um, there we go. Um, okay, thanks guys. Uh, now it's time for Fort explains it all. This week we're going to be talking about the East Reading Mass Trans- Mass Rapid Transport Plan. Um, this is a joint project between Reading Borough Council and Wokingham Borough Council, and it is its aim is to try to ease the notorious traffic of East Reading. So this is Cemetery Junction, that kind of area, yes. Yes, London Road, Cemetery Junction, um, Woking Road, all those sort of areas. Um, the idea is it will be a bridge over the 
it's over where the Thames and the Kennet join each other in Thames Valley Park. Um, the idea is that buses, cyclists and pedestrians will be able to cross the river um, to get into Reading, Reading Town Centre, uh, Napier Road, um, so they get to the town centre and the train station, um, and it will take buses out of those roads, which, as we know, are very narrow, um, and there's this problem of uh, getting cars essentially getting stuck behind the buses every time they stop they can't get, you often can't get past particularly when that road is busy um so the the idea being if there are no or fewer buses um that then the traffic will flow more freely it's uh, actually in wokingham the certainly one end would be in wokingham which is why wokingham council are on board and uh, in favor of it um and a lot of the money is coming from the Thames Valley Berkshire Local Enterprise Partnership as well. So they've, they've got funding for it. I think it's about £29 million. And it is well advanced. The planning application is in. But there is a lot of opposition to it. There are a lot of people who are very unhappy about what what it might do to the Riverside. Um, the Red and Green Party are involved there, obviously. Not not at all happy, and um, various groups have been set up as protests as well. They've raised quite a few points. There was a bit of a ding dong between uh, between one of them and Councillor Tony Page at the um, at the council meeting quite recently about the plan. They they talk about um, you know the the effect on the riverside on air quality. Um, there's a there's a there's a real disagreement between what it's actually going to do in terms of air quality. The council says Tony Page certainly says it will improve the air quality, whereas the protesters say no, it won't. It won't make any difference at all. And um, quote the council, one of the council's own departments saying that. However, those discussions have continued since since that initially came out, and the plan has changed in terms of air quality. So there's a park and ride there as well, which is also they're also worried about with regards to the impact on the environment again. And the protesters just feel the council is ploughing on with this uh, plan without taking into it this this into account. They don't deny that Reading needs plans to deal with the traffic and the growth of both Reading and Wokingham on the other side as well. But destroying the river riverside of the Thames and the Kennet is is not the way to do it. And that's where we are now. The planning application decision is fairly imminent i don't quite know when it is but it will certainly be within the next three or four months so we'll have to see i can't imagine i imagine all the work will be done to meet all the concerns and so the planning application will get approved as it's a council planning application to the council and we'll see when work might begin the the protesters will say they don't think it's going to happen but my view is it's certainly like to get planning permission and within the next few years something will appear and we'll have to judge whether it's a success or not um, after that if we all end up stuck in more traffic jams in East Reading due to the fact that cars think oh there's no buses there so we can drive <laughs> through them freely then then we'll have to wait and see but it's this it's this thing again about Reading um, putting all its transport resources into trying to get more people on buses and drivers saying what about us why can't we have more roads and this is seems to be a, pretty much a stalemate in terms of yeah. Like in t- in terms of this particular road, the idea is to get all of the buses off of off of Cemetery Junction, so those roads will then be opened up for drivers. So they are they are being thought about. It's just a tough one, isn't it? Because Thames Valley Park, although 
being a, a business park filled with offices, office blocks, the actual riverside area of it is, is really quite pretty and it is a lovely asset mm. to have kind of slap bang in between two busy towns and next to a, a, a very busy dual carriageway. Yes. So it's, it's, it's a shame that it is at the, at the loss of a, a space of riverside, but also, you know... Yeah, I think... Diverting buses away from Cemetery Junction is a very good idea. <laughs> yes, however, whichever way it comes out, I think it's very difficult to do anything there. The way the whole thing is built, it wasn't built with the amount of traffic that we have today in mind, was it? No. So anything, there's there's very little, I think, that, that can be done, and it has to be something different like this. I won't pretend to understand the the environmental impacts or anything like that, but the buses, as I understand it, are mostly green and biofuel and all that sort of thing so and moving the traffic along quicker would surely reduce the reduce the emissions i i, I would think mm. and i think reading council's idea of getting people who are traveling within reading out of their cars and onto public transport mm. is a brilliant idea i know that people constantly complain about reading council's obsession with buses but we have very narrow roads we have a lot of people living here we don't have the roads to deal with a number of cars here that's always going to be a problem. It's it has been a problem, and it's not going to change overnight. So why not leave your car at home and get yeah. on a bus if you can? I appreciate that not everybody can. Um, I appreciate that you know that, that they're not suitable for everybody, especially elderly people who have to walk a long way to yeah. a bus stop, and they're not suitable for people that don't have a, a bus route along in between their house and their office. But just nipping to town, yeah. <laughs> like get on a bus. Yeah, yeah. It seems it does seem odd to me that the there are facili- there are facilities around the town um, which allow bus travel. Bus, buses to travel much more freely than cars, but people still are happy to get in their cars and sit in a traffic jam rather than getting on a bus for ten minutes. Yeah, um, that out just because you know that is their right as a car owner. I feel that's a bit odd. So I, I mean, I'm just you're all going to roll your eyes at me, but obviously I, last year I spent a lot of time visiting a lot of different places with the, with the business that we work in, and I went on a lot of different buses, and I can honestly say that Reading has one of the best bus companies, bus services that I've seen around the country. And I use the bus myself now just because I can walk to it. It takes 15 minutes to get into town, which is generally quicker than driving. Um, and I, I just, why wouldn't you use it? There's an app that it costs you £1.90 to get there, £1.90 to get back. That's cheaper than parking in Reading. I, I don't understand why you wouldn't use the bus more often. And I think it's, I personally think it's great that the council push for more bus use. And especially some of the stuff you get on the buses, the quality of the buses, the comfort, um, even even some of the old buses when they're putting the replacements on are just great. I can't speak highly enough. And I think we're very lucky. And I think sometimes you have to go to different places to understand just how lucky Absolutely. you are to have a have a thing, a company like Reading Buses, which invests in its service. I think service. you're right. We definitely do forget how lucky we are to because I think it's because we're so close to London as well and obviously yeah. Reading, uh, London's buses are fantastic yeah. like they've they've got everything that you, I mean the, the one thing that people have really really wanted for a long time is is mobile pay or contactless yes. payment isn't it which we which we we don't have mobile pay at the minute but we do yeah. have contactless payment or you can buy um, a ticket on the app and, yes. and pay with your mobile that way I think you, you, um, can, you can definitely pay on the contactless yeah. so I think you probably I have been standing that. on a bus yeah. and <laughs> my mobile phone and the driver's like no that's not no. going to work <laughs> oh really <laughs> um, but but yeah, sorry, we've got very heavy on, on Reading buses now and you know, we we appreciate that 
a lot of people in in the town aren't quite as enamoured with Reading buses as as we obviously have shown <laughs> ourselves to be. Yes. Um, but um, but it, uh, in terms of diverting traffic away from Cemetery Junction, it seems like a sensible idea. I think I think the long and short of it is we've all tried to drive down Cemetery Junction down the London Road at various different times, and we all know how difficult it is. And clearly, something has to be done. And whether this is rightly or wrong, right, the right thing or the wrong thing, we, as Hugh says, we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, we'll, we'll have to wait and see. Um, and, you know, it is a massive, bold project. I don't think you can argue with that. And the council is certainly, from what I, what I heard at, at the meeting the other day, they're very much not just ploughing ahead, ignoring uh, concerns that are raised. You know, they have to... They have to get it right with the Environment Agency. The Environment Agency holds a lot of power. And so if it is unhappy with the plan, it can put in a major objection. I know the council does decide, working council does decide the application in the end, but the, the, the Environment Agency holds a lot of sway. And it's a bit embarrassing for a council to refuse its own applications as well. So <laughs> they, they'll all be very keen not to, not to do that. <laughs> okay, uh, thanks. Thanks, you. Thanks, Jenny, for your input on that. Um, if anybody's got any feedback on what we've just talked about there, if you disagree vehemently with any of us then then feel free to let us know we'd love to have your thoughts on the uh, east reading mass mass transport easy for me to say um east reading mass rapid transit thank you this surely must be able to cut that down it's mrt a, mrt right but there are so many of them think of a, think of a really big really fast van <laughs> Um, okay, uh, right. Thanks, thanks, both of you. Um, now we've got a pre-recorded interview with Amanda at Reading Launchpad or Launchpad Reading. Sorry, I should say. Uh, roll the tape. I'm here with Amanda McDonnell at Launchpad Reading. Um, we are in the town centre uh, in Merchant's Place. If anyone has kind of walked down from Friar Street towards Shed and Milk, you may have seen the brightly coloured doors on the right-hand side, and that is where Launchpad is based and where it, it runs its charity from. Amanda, can you tell me a little bit about Launchpad and the fantastic artwork that you've got outside? Um, so we've, um, we're just a Reading charity. We've been around for 38 years now. Um, a home is the absolute foundation of everything that we do but we also um, part of that is then support as well and that support comes in two ways so there's the fundamental support help with IT skills searching for a job you know sometimes even helping um, people to read or write Um, and then we also have a complimentary um, life skills program and that includes art craft photography um, and part of our art project um, is painting the wall on the um, alleyway adjacent to our offices um, during the summer months we're kind of fair weather painters um, and it's a, I mean it, some it, you know to some people it doesn't look or feel like typical support but it's so um, it's so important in terms of helping the people we support with um, you know self-esteem and confidence and people open up there when we're painting open up in a different way um, to when they're sat in a meeting room across a table um, so it's very much as you know it we support people holistically and that's very much part of our holistic um, support that we provide. 
I imagine kind of coming to the charity as well, and especially I, I felt this way as a visitor today. Um, it's just very welcoming, those bright colours and the paintings, the murals inside and outside. It's, it's, it's a nice way to be, enter, to, to be greeted at Launchpad. Oh, I hope so, and that's really good to hear. Um, and we used to be called Red and Single Homeless Project um, until 2011, and then we rebranded that Cream Design did for us. Um, and we involved our clients in that, the people that we support. And they even said at the time, you know, being called Reading Single Homeless Project didn't describe what we did. When people come to us, you know, they're not homeless anymore. Um, so, yeah, it's a lot more aspirational now and lots of hope um, you know, and so many good news stories in terms of the people that we help in lots of different ways. So we house people. We also have a drop-in service, which... Um, kind of the ethos of that is about preventing a problem becoming a crisis um, and then we've also got a we call it floating support service but that's very much about preventing homelessness so we're working with a lot of families um, that might be in totally unsuitable bed and breakfast accommodation um, and helping to prevent people becoming evicted or you know essentially becoming homeless that is fantastic um, and, and, and all of that work that you do which is obviously really important um, the money has to come from from somewhere. So you are organising a very exciting event next week, aren't you? Can you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah, it's one of our annual events and I have to say it's my favourite. Um, it's our Launchpad Pancake Race. So it's on Shrove Tuesday, the 13th of February. Um, it's a brilliant event um, for businesses in and around Reading. Um, and I love it because we have businesses from, you know, the local vets, Castle Vets, to, you know international company like Investec taking part, also um, Solicitors Blandy and Blandy, Davis Tate, Field Seymour Parks who were our winners um, last year, Specsavers who um, won for three years running as well. Um, so yeah, it's just, for me, it's a great event of the whole community of Reading coming together. Um, I think we're lucky it's half term next week, so we're hoping for lots of supporters to come along. Um, racing starts at 1230 um, but there'll be entertainment on Broad Street from about midday. Um, all of our teams, you know, really make an effort in terms of fancy dress and also fundraising for Launchpad 2. So it's a great all-round event for me. Um, it's lots of fun, but it's raising awareness and also fundraising for a really important issue, um, you know, that, that that's homelessness um, that's sort of quite visible in the town now. Absolutely. So if you are in Reading Town Centre on Tuesday, head along definitely at midday and go and cheer on some of the teams. Um, you mentioned that Specsavers have won quite a few times and was it Philip Seymour? Philip Seymour Park, uh, Field Seymour Parks um, were our winners last year. Um, so yes, so they're, they're optimistic that they're going to retain, re- retain their um, frying pan t- trophy. <laughs> they're the um, team to be. So we shall see about that. Um, there, are, there are some you know as over the years the hints and tips have evolved um so um it it, teams are teams of four each it's a relay race and each relay um each person has to flip their pancake at least three times or they'll get disqualified um lots of tactics you know do you run and flip do you do three flips and run um so yeah or who knows what's the best. <laughs> <laughs> How long has the race been going on for? Um, over 20 years now in the centre of town. Um, you know, and as a Reading charity, it's a brilliant event that we you know, we run and own. So, um, yeah, we're really lucky to have it. Some old hands at it, I'm yeah. sure. Um, what's, everyone gets really into it. Lots of people dress up, don't they? So what's the kind of most fun thing that you've seen during a pancake race? Oh, I think it's Huntswood from about two years ago. Huntswood... Um, 
the um, company in town um, and their fancy dress was amazing so there was one girl dressed as a whisk someone dressed as a carton of milk someone dressed as a pancake it was just absolutely incredible um, and it is it's that effort that's in, involved um, that, that certainly goes in I mean I know a couple of years ago Reading buses took part and oh there was a spectacular fall um, so don't worry we do have first aiders um, on hand on the day um, but yeah what starts off as a really fun event oh my gosh as we whittle down the heat it gets incredibly um, competitive I can imagine it does yes everyone yeah. wants to, to have that title of pancake race winners I'm sure <laughs> um, so if people aren't working for a business that are taking part in the pancake race how can they support Launchpad? Um, come along, cheer on the day. We're going to have bucket collectors there, so we'd love you to come along um, and donate to the work that we do, um, preventing homelessness in the town. Um, yeah, come along and egg on what will be an extraordinary event. Fantastic, thank you very much. And are there any other events that Launchpad Reading is holding this year that people can get involved in at all? Um, yeah, so we've got the Reading Half Marathon and we've already got um, more than 60 runners taking part in fundraising for Launchpad, which will be our most ever by far. So we've got a massive team of 35 from Bottom Line Technologies. We've got a team from University College of Estate Management, um, team from Covea, individual runners, friend of mine Lou's taking part. Um, so yeah, look out for, and um, look out for those people um, running in their bright orange launch pad vest so you won't be able to miss them and we're also um, the charity partner for the Green Park Royal Parks 10k on the 20th of May the day after the royal wedding Um, so yeah so if people would love we've still got some more spaces um, with our official charity running places for the 10k on the 20th of May so please get in touch um, if you pop to our website which is launchpadreading.org.uk contact us um, and yeah, we've got lots of those places. And all you know, all you need to re- raise is a minimum of seventy-five pounds in okay. sponsorship, um, and you'll get some su- lots of support from us on the day. <laughs> Banana, bottle of water, and a lovely orange launch pad running vest. He might struggle to get people out of the pub the day before that, might uh, he, with the royal wedding <laughs> yeah. and the FA Cup yeah. final. And <laughs> I think also there's a, a gin festival in Reading on that yeah. Saturday, so <laughs> there's gonna be a few sore heads running the Royal Bucks 10k, I imagine. Yeah. <laughs> and then of course we've got um, our big sleep out and we've set the date for that that's the 31st of august through to the 1st of september um so again get in touch if you'd like to take part in that it's a tiny insight into what it's actually like to sleep rough um you know we all do it sleep out um from seven o'clock at night through to seven in the morning um get to go home you know the next morning and have a hot shower and, and a comfy bed the next night um so it really is just a tiny insight into um you know what actually sleeping rough really is and where does that take place? That okay. takes part in Caversham. Um, Queen Anne School um, lend us their grounds for the evening, completely free of charge. Um, so we've got access to toilets, um, but we're sleeping out on concrete um, all through the night in all weathers. And um, I hope you don't mind me touching on this briefly because the, the, there do seem to be a lot of people sleeping rough in Reading Town Centre at the minute, and it, you really do have to kind of sympathise with, with, with the horrible conditions that they are having to put up with. Um, how how does that affect somebody's morale? I guess just being just being outside all the time and not having somewhere to go to. Yeah, it's a really emotive issue, um, and we've got an awful lot of support for people who um, are street homeless um, in Reading. And I would really encourage people um, to support charities that are that are providing a professional response. Um, you know, I very much have an emotive response um, when I see people begging. 
um, and sleeping rough. Um, but if you've got an addiction, for example, um, you know, the reasons why people end up sleeping rough can be some sort of trauma um, when they were younger. Um, and it needs professional help um, and sometimes it's a case of building up a relationship um, over a long period of time before we see any change um, so yeah I'd, you know please don't give money I guess that's um, a message I'd really want to sort of push home um, but please support the charities um, that are out there providing that support and if anyone wants to, um, sort of to get in touch to find out any more about what we're doing and the other charities that we work with in town um, St Mungo, Sir Dick, Faith um, and we can tell you a bit more about what we're doing and all of that support that's available for people in Reading. Brilliant. Thank you very much for that. And, and just lastly, if, if people have listened to this and they want to raise money for Launchpad themselves, either by organising an event or running a race or anything, how do they go about doing that? Oh, we'd love that. That would be um, fantastic. Um, please email the fundraising team. Um, you can either get in touch um, by popping to our website, Launchpad Reading, um, or email fundraising at launchpadreading.org.uk. Thank you very much, Amanda. Thank you. was uh, Amanda from Launchpad Reading talking about the pancake race which we're really looking forward to um, that when's the pancake race pancake day is on Tuesday uh, it's on t- Tuesday it's on Tuesday the 13th the day before Valentine's Day a uh, quick reminder there for you all just in case um, if you care if you oh. for anyone who's interested I'm sorry for anyone who's interested on a romantic evening waking in borough councils having a planning meeting on Valentine's Day oh, oh. Oh, I'll see you there. Yeah. It's not a date. <laughs> it's work. <laughs> um, we have, uh, just looking at uh, looking at the script I've got in front of me. Uh, we've entered the pancake race before, haven't we? We well, I'm sure we have entered the Reading one in the past, but I remember when I was an impressionable young trainee journalist working for the Bracknell Times a couple of years ago. I was. It was 2013. <laughs> um, I was entered into the Bracknell Pancake Race with, I believe, uh, my fellow reporter Becky Barnes at the time, uh, John Nurse from the Wokingham Times, and our Reading FC reporter who worked on the sports success back then as well, Jonathan Lowe. And I, um, I, I, I'm very sad to have to tell you that Jonathan Lowe led me astray, and we eventually had got thrown out of the we got disqualified from the Bracknell Town Centre pancake race <laughs> for cheating and I am using inverted commas, commas here because uh, I'm not sure it qualified as cheating but I've been told do? it is well you know a few members of our team held their thumb down on the pancake to stop it falling out of their pan while they were running the course that's shocking I know I'm that sorry. is I'm sorry like I say, I was young, I was impressionable, I was led astray by a much more experienced member of the team, and um, let's just say, let's just say, Jonathan and my relationship has never been the same again. It's awkward now you uh, manage him. <laughs> I think I did the I did for several years uh, when I first joined the Reading Post as it was then, and I mean probably ten years ago now, so quite quite a while ago. 
Uh, we did the Reading Pancake Race and we always went in uh, quite confident because we got a couple of the sporty fellas on it and me uh, and we thought we've got a good chance, a real good chance and then you, you kind of you get there and you've got, uh, you've got the billboard, you're walking around with a billboard that says Reading Post on it and right above it it says sponsored by the Reading Chronicle which was always hilarious. <laughs> Uh, we, we thought it was funny anyway um, but no uh, we did absolutely dreadfully um, we could we never we barely got out of the I think the, the very first race we were usually out after the first race and I think after three years I retired just gave up no more you, you couldn't take the battering anymore oh. <laughs> the entire building we're in just groaned <laughs> um I've never actually taken part in it myself, but mainly because I usually had to cover it. Um, <laughs> but one year I was there, and um, our boss, Lucy, was there. Um, and if you don't know Lucy, one of her main characteristics is she's very, very small. And um, she, it was a three-legged race. <laughs> they, um, and she was strapped to another one of our reporters called Lewis Rudd, um, <laughs> who was a very sporty, athletic man. Um Significantly and taller. Who was quite a lot taller. And he said, put your foot on mine, I'll do the most of the rain. And now Lucy is, as I say, very small and also very light. But uh, still, somehow, she managed to break Lewis's foot <laughs> <laughs> while doing the pancake race, which is possibly the most ludicrous injury anyone's ever suffered. But, uh, <laughs> Lewis was out of action for quite a while with, due to his broken foot caused, oh, by, caused by Lucy. <laughs> So if you are taking part in Launchpad's pancake race on, on Tuesday, <laughs> good luck. Do it better than us. <laughs> Be careful. Okay, so let's wrap up. Uh, if you want to get involved in the show, you can follow and write to us on Twitter at Real Reading Pod. Uh, you can look us up on Facebook by searching Real Reading Podcast. And if you are able, uh, please leave us a review on iTunes or just click five stars. Tom, are we on Instagram as well now? Uh, oh, you spotted that. Yes, yes, we're on Instagram now as well. I can't remember the login. I think it's probably just Real Reading Pod. But yes, we're on Instagram. <laughs> Hugh, do you know what Instagram is? It's what pe- what footballers put pictures on. Yes. Yeah. Well done. That's pretty much it, yeah. really. It's popular with the Kardashians. Yes. I understand. Uh, okay, and we're involved in the OJ Simpson court case. Uh, indeed. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Follow us on Instagram if you can find us. Yes. If not, you probably won't be missing out on much. No. Um, um, final thoughts. Anybody like to add anything in just before we leave and leave all these nice people to their journeys home? Happy Valentine's Day. Have a, have a great time. Yes, don't forget Valentine's Day next week. Happy Valentine's Day, everybody. What have you got planned, Jenny? Nothing. Uh, I've got yeah. a day off. Um, so, yeah, that's, I'll probably just put pottering around the house. I don't, I don't, don't do Valentine's Day. No, you don't want your married, do I you? don't want to, I just, we didn't before. Like, I yeah. just, I don't want to, I don't want to go out on a Wednesday just, <laughs> just to prove that I love him. That's, no, not for me. No, fair enough. I think we just make, uh, we just make homemade pizzas. Um, we usually use a tortilla wrap. You have a just, tradition. That's yeah, nice. well, you know, it's, as you say, better than spending 30 quid on a, on a meal for one and 30 quid on a meal for another one, so... <laughs> Um, <laughs> so 60 quid for two yeah Hugh what are your plans uh, what am I doing I'm working a late shift so I'm not going to finish till 6 o'clock but then I am not going to the Woking Borough Council planning oh. committee meeting as far as I know can I not go to the planning meeting Jenny is that right mm, you'll have to ask your mum <laughs> that's my mum she'll definitely send me <laughs> and she'll probably insist on coming with me 
Um, anyway, on Valentine's Day, it's a bit weird. Um, <laughs> uh, what are we doing? We'll probably get a takeaway from our favourite Chinese, which is a place called Paya in London Street, I think. And okay. we'll have that and watch telly. And then go... go. Fall asleep on the sofa. There we go. Lovely. Okay. (laughs) If you want, if you know anyone who you think would be a great interview for the podcast, please do let us know. Um, The only prerequisite is that they live or work in the town, and most importantly, they must love Reading. That's all for now. See you in a week. Bye. Bye. Hi, I'm Amanda McDonald from Launchpad Reading and you're listening to The Real Reading Podcast.